Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Leeds Up podcast. I'm James and I'm with Rocco Dean. Hello. Rocco, how was Oslo and the witnessing of Leeds United versus Scum? Uh, it wasn't good. It didn't go very well, to be honest. The, the weather was awful, which didn't help the, uh, the festivities pre-match or post-match. And the match was pretty gallingly bad, really, I thought. Second half. First half was all right. But I, as well, I don't know. It's just, it's not ideal playing Man U when, you know, first half we just spent it, you know, sat 11 behind the ball, you know, basically practicing playing a top team, which yeah. is pointless when we're going into the championship, you'd like to think. Yeah, so that's not ideal. And then second half, playing against their kids, it was, yeah, just, yeah, a bit diabolical. So I was really, I was really downbeat after that. But having said that, you know, a lot of the players hadn't even really started pre-season. You know, a lot of them had actually come back on that Monday and then, and then flown out to Oslo. So so that made me feel a bit better reflecting on that. And then also, when you look at the team, although there was a lot of players in that, you know, both halves, there was five or six players that, that will expect or hope to be starting the season. When you actually look at the squad that we've got right now, I'd say nine or 10 players that will start the season or would start the season weren't playing. So yeah, it, it's a completely different team, fingers crossed, and hopefully will be a lot better. Pre-season games are always very much like, meh, you don't really learn a lot from them, whether you lose or win. And I think that's the same, but I think it's it's sort of amplified nervousness because of every, falling out of the Premier League and not making many signings. A lot of players go in, so then you kind of probably analyse those sort of games too much to you. One of the positives, we we had a, a new kit. Uh, we did. Which looked very nice in the flesh. It is. It is nice, actually. Have yeah. you bought? No, no, I haven't. I don't know whether I will. I, I honestly think I'll just wait to see how we do in it first. If I'm, <laughs> if I'm proud of them, then maybe I'll wear it. Have you? I haven't bought it, and I, I do want to see it in the flesh. The sponsor is better. I think we talked about this on the last podcast. But equally, it feels a bit weird just walking around with a boiler brand on your T-shirt, doesn't it? And paying paying for it as well. It's like, what's that about? Yeah. Um, when, you actually think about yeah. It, when you actually think about it, it is weird you're paying for shirts that just have sponsors on. It's like walking around with a YouTube ad on your face. Yeah. 
and it's going to get worse in the future. I think you know we've already got the sleeve sponsors, and you see abroad now a lot of teams having having two front of shirt sponsors, and some teams have sponsors on their on their shoulders now. So yeah, all to come will be like F one drivers soon. It'll get to a point where tattoos are sponsored. You know, like in the program where you'd have some sort of local threats sponsoring a player. We'll get laundrette tattoos on Bamford's head, that sort of thing. I like it, forward thinking. And so there's been like little whimpers of the of squad improvements. Obviously, there's players that have, that have left the building. Mark Rocker, Erasmus Christensen. Who, who else am I missing? Puck. And yeah. Lorente and Aronson. Yeah. And Rodrigo. Yeah. So Rodrigo, a sad one. I, it does surprise me a little bit, sort of not staying in Europe and playing, because it feels like he's still got quality there, particularly as he got in the recent Spain squad as well. But we'll just have to wait and see. But amongst all that, there are rumours of new players, but big news, takeovers finally happened. Toma. Yeah, we made it. It's good. Good to finally go over the line. It does. It does feel good to, yeah. Just, I mean, it, it got really frustrating in the end, didn't it? But yeah, pretty much just in time. We've got what three weeks? Is it three or is it two weeks now? My God, it's two, two and a bit weeks, isn't it? Till the season starts. <laughs> but you know, it's it's all good. We got there in the end. I think. Yeah, I think that's it. The thing is, is things have obviously been moving behind the scenes, and it is a case of sort of waiting for this to get done and I think things will start to snowball so Jamie it hasn't happened sooner but I don't know really what progress would have been made anyway because it feels like they've already been doing that but one thing that didn't surprise me at all was Andrea Radbrazani getting in front of the cameras before our new owners did so I think he was speaking to Sky a few few pull quotes from that my personal favourite if I could go back I would be more careful first of all following Victor unconditionally this is cut off my screen yeah actually that was the full quote that's on this tweet but yeah following Vince drunkenly i think he 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 questions that which i think well it's right it's kind of what we've said all along and i think you can even tell by the new structure that's been brought in to the club there's greta steinson has named the technical director today that's seen that all day haven't you N- no relation to thunberg and uh, yeah, you can tell they're starting to think, like, as a broader department, how does that work? And not just pinning it all on, one, like, the vision on one person. I think it's a smart move. Yeah, definitely. Going back to Rad's, I just can't believe that he did it. I can't believe that he just basically... I mean, he said as well, he sort of ended his sentence by saying, and obviously I'm to blame as well, you know, I he actually said I was there and I allowed it. Nah. <laughs> He wasn't there. He checked out. I'm absolutely convinced of it. You don't just leave a guy like Victor Orta making all the decisions if you really care about something. It's ludicrous. And then he also he also mentioned about the mistake of not having experienced players there. You know, too many youngsters coming from leagues like Austria. I mean, it's almost laughable in a way. It's it's nice to hear him admit it in a way. Because it's what we've been saying all season, but it makes it more annoying. Like it's yeah. like this is a guy that was running the club, and and also it makes him look even more clueless to me. Like he, does he not realise what he's saying is making him sound like completely ridiculous? Like how, how you allowed this to happen, and then also annoyed me coming out saying you know the same stuff that we've had the players coming out. I mean, 
these statements the players are making, I'm tearing my hair out here. They're all going on about what wonderful time they've had in Leeds. Like, I want them to come out and say they've hated it. Like, they're worst and hardest part of their career. They're, they're you know, heartbroken and it was awful and we're so sorry. But no, no, it's all been personal development and, you know, they've made friends and all this. And yeah, Rad saying that he ultimately came and did what he came to do. That was a sickener as well. So, yeah, that's me. Came to do what he did and then undid it. Uh, <laughs> cheer, cheers, Rads. That was brilliant. But that, that's kind of what I mean as well by talking about Greta Steinson as well, is that it, like ultimately it does fall at the door of Andrea Radrizani, the whole fault of it, because he made a poor decision in giving so much control to Victor Orta. And like you say, he wasn't there. Well, you know, this is all opinion, but and he wasn't there to kind of help steer that ship. It's kind of, you know, he's distracted or whatever it is, he, he isn't there. But I think with appointing Greta Steinson and kind of reviewing how the whole football recruitment part of Leeds United works is smart. So it can't just fall on that one person and there's a, a proper vision and a proper plan go to place. I mean, even the fact that Hammond's been there and he's transitioning through that window whilst we recruit new people, it's just smart. It's just, you, we're starting to see how, I know it's our football club, but in the eyes of 49ers, a footballing organisation should be structured and, and should work. Yeah, I think so as well. And and listening to Prague today, talking about, you know, how many people that he spoke to and, you know, interviewed and, you know, it, it sounds like they're getting a, a really good, or I hope they are, but it sounds like they're at least trying to get a good understanding of, of how to run things, you know, successfully and, and sensibly and, and, and shrewdly so yeah yeah fingers crossed that it sounds like they're doing the right things and it's a good start and they're making appointments and this is why i said last time as well you know farkas he is going on about it like it's a long-term thing and and the 49ers are as well and and i, I just think that's realistic like i I'm, I'm not i'm not really stressed about the the timing i'm not really that bothered if if you know if we're not ready for the start of the season I just I'd m- put much more value on on just getting things right and actually the the long term building of the club, you know, not just throwing things in place so that we can try and make a fast start in the championship. You know, that's I'm I'm not yeah I, I put more importance on the on the on the bigger picture because because I think it's such a massive job. You know, if we're coming out of a cent- of, of, out of a stable club and you just needing to do some tweaks and, and add to the team, then great. But that's not the case. I think it's a, yeah, it's a full-blown reset. Agmarate, like you mentioned there, spoke on the official Leeds United podcast with Neville Longbomb from Harry Potter. I don't know his real name. Is it Matthew Lewis? Is it Matthew Lewis? Mine, Lewis. No, that's the bloody <laughs> person who helps people with their finances. It is Matthew Lewis. Yeah, and I, th- I thought it was a, a really good interview. Uh, despite it coming out after Andrea Radrizani's Sky Sports interview. But I think it was necessary. And yeah, let's dig into that. What what were your kind of thoughts? Yeah, good. He's, yeah, very enthusiastic. I mean, yeah. Amer- after- Americans are enthusiastic. We've had Americans. Well, yeah. Well, we've had enthusiastic Americans before. Yeah. Well, and I work for them, so I know I know more than anybody, you know, <laughs> what, what they're all about. So, yeah. He's he's clearly a smart guy. The yeah, what I was going to say was like my I have to apologise really because my starting position is one of pessimism and distrust. This is where we need Paul because he said he just he just trusts them until that all arose. Someone did call you out for your pessimism last week <laughs> or a few weeks ago. 
Yeah, I know. What could I say? We've just been relegated, for God's sake. So I've got to be allowed to be a bit miserable. You've got, you've yeah. got to have your, you've got to have your moment, or moment, yeah, or all season, whichever. Well, hopefully, hopefully, I don't have to be. I'm happy when we win. So, uh, yeah, my main concern, basically, like the 49ers, the, the, the it's an investment arm, as I think we've touched on previously. The thing that annoys me, or that I'm, you know, I, I prefer to be different, is that Leeds isn't the be all and end all for this company. You know, they're they're, a, you know, they're worth, you know, millions and millions of dollars, which means that Leeds isn't, you know, it isn't the, their main priority. Even Parag Marate lives in San Francisco, you know, he lives on the other side of the world. He's, he comes now and then, and it sounds like from that interview, like he's not going to be moving to Leeds and this is our chairman. So I don't really like that, to be honest. I know he said that it's his job to put people in place. But yeah, that, that's, you know, not ideal for me. It might not matter whatsoever, but yeah, that's a... Just something I don't it doesn't really sit well, you know, when he's our chairman, I want him to be here living and breathing Leeds every single day. You know, why has he got better things to do in America? So yeah, yeah, but apart from that, which like I say, could be minor and nothing, it sounds it sounds good. You know, they they I think they do mean business, you know. I don't think I don't think we've got guys that have just come in and, you know, they've they've bought the club because they've got a an investment to protect, um, which could have been the case, but I don't think so. I, th- I think they really are in it to to make things happen. They they do sound ambitious. So, yeah, over to them now. With football, you can't just jump into a club and sit still and hope that it grows. Like we've had previous owners that have proven that time and time again, and because they are an investment vehicle, and they are there to essentially make money for their shareholders or investors then they kind of have to make a good job of this so i think everything will be done with the right intentions and i think he even said you know they might get things wrong along the way which they will you know inevitably probably like a bad tree design or something but yeah i think their intentions are good because they have to be and i think rocco you even said as well shake monsieur don't suppose he'll ever live in manchester either will he as a city's owner yeah, exactly, exactly. So maybe it's just the modern world. Yeah, so I'll I'll just have to get used to that. And yeah, if he brings what yeah, that guy's brought to Man City, then take it all day long. He can live wherever the hell he wants. And yeah, he sort of touched on, well, he kind of didn't. He tried to move away from it quite quickly of of what, it's almost as though was he close to decisions in the past and he sort of just basically said that he was note-taking really rather than having any steer so I'm not sure how much of that I believe because I think even in the documentary you saw him in some kind of boardroom meetings with them so yeah yeah but but you know I know I know I'm I'm the same what what choice do you have but to wipe the slate clean and just yeah it's not healthy to hold on to that and blame them for for what's gone on I think even I'll give him a pass on that and just, uh, yeah, start start from fresh. The main thing that I did like about it, and it can be a bit buzzwordy, well, it is buzzwordy, but the thing that sort of ground my, grinded my gears, grounded last season was the fact that because we were in this halfway house of 49ers and Rad, Andrea Rabrizzani, there was no vision, like, whatsoever. So it was like, well, what is next? Like, what, what, what is the next five years for Leeds United? And it was really unclear. I think one of the things that he said straight away was, you know, my vision and realizing that 
and they do they have they have to have a vision because they, again they have to satisfy the investors so i think the more we hear about that and the kind of longer term obviously like the immediate thing is get out of this league not league one go up and then you know longer term what is that what does that look like for ellen road because those plans were stalled as well in terms of revamping the stadium and improving facilities so yeah i'd say watch this space but we just need to get that momentum first yeah that's it yeah i mean i you know more than anything really i i want ellen road to be sorted out i want the the fan experience to to be valued and not just to be seen as dead money to the owners which i think it will be to them you know it's not even a criticism as such it's just it's just their business and and i think that's will be the case until we go up i can't see them making any any certainly not big changes and and probably not anything particularly small either yeah but that's fine yeah the ticket prices thing annoyed me as well that's i thought that was a bit of a bad well a bad start really you know that's expensive tickets for the championship was it 45 and 47 quid or something yeah i mean you can get them for 35 in the north and south but it's impossible to get tickets there i believe pretty much so yeah you're pretty much looking at 45 quid minimum price yeah in the east and the west which seems ludicrous to me you know i just i don't know i don't i don't want i don't want that i want it to be affordable and and i feel like it's it's not a big enough deal i worked out it'd be probably about four million a year if they were to knock 20 quid off those tickets say it's an extra ten thousand per game if we've got just 20 odd thousand season ticket holders so yeah but it is what it is like i say i'm gonna not get hung up on it let's just let's just see how the football goes but it feels like one of those things that has kind of come in from someone financially advising within the club where it's like well if we do this we'll put this on our bottom line but no one's actually thought yeah but is it worth it <laughs> for, yeah. for for punters and are people going to be happy and and it, it's a real difficult balancing act because you have the one side of it where is we've got to get out of this league we've lost 50% of our revenue that we had in the Premier League. We've hemorrhaged cash because we've had all these players go out on low and we've not really sold anyone yet. So it's like, where can we recoup it? So we're in this real vicious cycle, from what I gather, of trying to make as much revenue as possible when the revenue streams are, are much smaller in terms of size coming into the Championship. So it's, hor- it's horrible. Like I, I completely don't agree with those prices at all. But it's also a complicated situation for the club. Yeah, it is. It is. But yeah, I'm just worried that it it sort of, yeah, it paints them in a light. And, you know, if we do get back to the Premier League and we do, you know, redo the stadium, what we're going to get then, you know, they're just going to be charging what they can, you know, with the full ground, you know, they're just trying to maximise what they can get out of every single seat. And without a thought for the people of Leeds, really, I just, you know, I hate the thought of, People having to spend 45 quid to go to a game. It's just ludicrous, you know. Any game in a championship, any game full stop, but especially in a championship. So, yeah. That was one of the things that you look to the Bundesliga. I think there's quite a few clubs there that have really low season ticket prices, don't they? And it's, you know, there's, they're intelligent enough to know that football revenue doesn't, especially in the top flight, doesn't come really from the fans proportionately. So, why kind of, chip away at those hard working hard earning people that come to the games week in week out and support a team so yeah it would be nice for someone in britain 
to be progressive in that respect. Yeah, exactly. And then that's the thing, you know, in Germany, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it, well, here it's like a race to the bottom, you know, in Germany, if every club's doing that, then it doesn't impact anyone, you know, you're all at the same, at the same level, you know, maybe European wise, I guess, against European clubs, you're not having as much revenue, but yeah, within their domestic game, everyone's on the same page. And to be fair, they're never going to compete with Bayern Munich anyway. So what's the point of trying? You might as well just let the fans enjoy it. And yeah, yeah, just, just, yeah, play on a bit of a, a more even keel between the rest of them. So yeah, anyway, it's, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Speaking of Bayern Munich, I'm just checking this as I talk, but I think they played a friendly tonight when we record this. So Tuesday the 18th and yeah, they played FC Rotak Egan. And they won 27-0. Bloody hell. It's like us at Barnsley. Did that Barnsley game actually happen? Yeah, there was a few few photos that were taken through a a fence on a public path by the looks of it that were on Twitter. No one was fined for it, though. That's a good result. Yeah, very good result. I mean, again, you can't read too much into it. I won't read in... I can't start the podcast off saying you can't read too much into my new game and then be (laughs) elated at a 9-1 win at Barnsley at Thorpe Arch. So, well, I'd like I'd like to disagree with that point. Anyway, I was gonna I was gonna pick you up on it because like, you know, well, you look at last season. It's different this season, to be fair, because it's right at the beginning of Farker. But like last season under Jesse Marsh, we went to Australia, played Villa, two crap teams against each other. We lost, played Palace, two crap teams. We drew one all. You know, you saw what we were going to be, and and that never changed through the season. So, yeah, I, I don't particularly by the fact that you can't read into pre-season. And you certainly couldn't under Bielsa. Yeah, that was just a training regime. And, and like I say, Farker's so early that you, you can say that with fairness. But generally speaking, and, and maybe by the end of pre-season, I'd like to think that we'd be, we'd be there or thereabouts. You've got me thinking now, I love to go to York City and watching Bielsa's leads tear them apart. Pablo Hernandez scored three. Brilliant. Nice. I loved it. Yeah, and you mentioned... Playing against Villa and Palace out in Australia and things not changing. Well, Sinistera, his hamstring burst out there as well. <laughs> so that's something that hasn't changed. But one of the things that we wanted to touch on as well is potential incomings and rumours Sinistera might be staying, which would be, well, that would be massive. I think he'd be brilliant in the championship and it would sort of feel like a new signing. Yeah, it would. That would be amazing news. I'd still be surprised, to be honest. You know, if he's got a, a contract that yeah. allows him to go on loan, like, I mean, he could go, I mean, surely just he could just go back to Feyenoord on loan, they'd surely take him, or, yeah, God knows how many clubs would take him on loan. But, yeah, maybe maybe he's he's got the bug and he wants to stay, and, and that would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was looking at the squad, and it looks, as it is now, it looks it looks all right, funnily enough. I wrote the, I wrote it all down on paper, and I was looking at it, thinking it looked old school. Strong. Yeah, yeah, and then I realised I'd only put ten starting players down. I was looking at a ten man team and still thinking it was good. So yeah, that's how much. Uh, see, you know, you can't call Rocco a, a pessimist when he's talking about walking the league with a ten man team. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's there's there's a lot of there's a lot of strength there, but yeah, it just depends who we who we keep hold of, I suppose. The the rumours we've heard before we come on to potential incomings are Tyler Adams potentially had an injury, Jack Harrison potentially had an injury, 
And obviously Sinistera has been on and off recovering from an injury for the last season. And I think they are players that you obviously want to have around because they'd be brilliant in the squad. If someone comes in for Harrison, I think he'll go. Just the nature of that situation. But equally, because they have had injuries, they become a bit of a flight risk for top sides because if you're going to outlay quite a lot of money for those players, you kind of need them to perform immediately or be up to scratch. And how much time they can wait is a bit of a risk. And if they get re-injury, etc. Same for us. It's a risk for us if they get re-injured because we've got someone on our books who's quite a lot of cash going out for salaries and whatnot. But I think the benefits outweigh that in that you've got a league that is still tough, but it's nowhere near Premier League. Like The gap is massive. Having been in it now for the last three seasons, you, you really do see it. And I think getting back from an injury and, and getting up to speed on serious injuries or complicated injuries, I think it's, it's a brilliant opportunity for them to, to sort of, yeah, break back in and, and make a go of it and then hopefully, you know, in another season's time be ready for the Premier League again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that chance and, and I really hope so. I mean, I'm, I'm worried because both Adams and Sinistera have the Copper America at the end of this season. USA are hosting that. So, you know, you'd like you'd, you'd think that both of them will be surely keen to be, you know, making sure that they're testing themselves at the top level. But then, like you say, yeah, the, the risk comes in that they go to clubs and they don't get, get minutes and, the, the, you know, at Leeds are guaranteed to be playing every single week. So maybe that comes into it. And yeah, yeah, let's see. I mean, you know, what's the point of guessing? But if we could keep them, that would be absolutely brilliant. I think. If you take them two out, I think this squad suddenly, it does suddenly look like quite a lot weaker just because like they're so influential, those two players, you know, they're, we need players that are too good for the championship. Like we need a couple of them, like that would be, you know, massive for everybody else in the squad, you know, to have those sorts of players alongside you, you know, the players that we've got, the other players, you know, they're probably good enough, but I just, I just feel like we need yeah, we need that leadership and people that can just give the ball to and trust makes a huge difference and something that we've missed probably since Pablo has gone, to be fair, like we've not really, and, and Rafinha, of course, and Phillips, you know, that they're the ones that we had previously and now or recently we've not had anyone. Yeah, that, that that's his run to mind for me was Pablo. Obviously he's retired from football within the last week as well, which is brilliant for him and his family, sad for us. We won't get to see him play again, but just quality in the championship. And him, him and Phillips were like really took the rest of the team up a notch. And I think, like you say, that's exactly what we need this time around is just some players to elevate us. Um, you can kind of have not mediocre, but players that are just do a solid job in the championship, but you need them to be sort of augmented by absolute class, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's like that Tarap guy for Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he, he he just dragged them to promotion, didn't he? He was just too good. And, he was, and that was all they needed. He was amazing. A video came up of him the other day on Twitter and I was like, I watched it and brought back memories, sickening memories really, been on the other end of someone like that. But but just, yeah, quality, quality player. And uh, there's Nyonto as well. Like we've apparently shut down bids from Everton for him, but you think if enough interest goes there, and enough money, he will probably, sadly, go. But yeah, what about Padu then? There's lots of talk of this happening. Seven million plus add-ons is kind of the rumours of him coming from Chelsea. Rocco, you pessimistically pointed out that he's, he's, he's had three relegations 
in his career. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never seen him play. So, you know, I always just go to Wikipedia and, and that, that struck me. And I know since people have said that as well. I mean, he only won. He won He won seven games at Sheffield United and then six at the Venezia and then six at, at Spezia in the last three years. So <laughs> the thing about the young players, like people say he's 22 and he, he can improve. But like, that's not guaranteed at all. Like a lot, you know, the vast majority of young players don't improve. You know, you buy, you know, you get what you're buying basically. So at the moment, he just looks to me like he's a yeah, bottom half player. But apparently he's been playing in defence and he's better in midfield. And, you know, a lot of people that I respect say that he's a very good player. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, I'm definitely not writing him off. Um, but it was definitely an immediate concern seeing that it's riddled and stinks with relegation. It's like <laughs> us. Yeah. I mean, it, it is one of those, isn't it, where it feels like a player that's been bought for kind of what we need which is championship it's a player that needs to get their career back on track he hasn't really had his opportunities at the highest level to chip away and become the best he can possibly be so you think coming into a championship side there's competition because you've got young players in there as well but actually you think mate if you come here and do a good job this is this is you on the ascendancy and what is he only like 22 23 as well yeah yeah 22 feels like he's been around for ages yeah yeah, it's a brilliant move for him and a, and a great opportunity. And yeah, like you say, I mean, you know, on one hand, I'm saying he's, you know, he's gone down three times and that shines badly on him. But then at the same time, you could say, well, you know, he's not been in an environment where he can flourish. You know, he's playing for crap teams. You know, it's very difficult for a defender or defensive midfielder to make a big difference if, you know, in, in those sorts of teams. So yeah, yeah, let's see how he does. You know, if he's playing alongside Adams, all the better. Or if he's replacing Adams, you know, maybe, maybe he'll do the job. But yeah, I, I think it's good. And the fee seems realistic as well. You know, 7 million, it, it's not a great deal of money. And I was a bit worried when they were saying 12 million at first. Mm. So seven's fine. And if they get their add-ons, good for them, good for us. What about other prospective incomings? Who have you been, who have you been seeing touted? Yeah, I, I like the look of that. Is it P-Rep? Yeah. From Swansea. On the highlights. Yeah. Apparently Leicester were in for him and the money was ridiculously high that they wanted. So if we're in the same boat, you might quickly see us move on. You know what our negotiations have previously been like with Swansea. Yeah, yeah, there is that. But it's good that they're looking to, to you know, go big on a striker. You know, hopefully they've got other options and not just him. I mean, he doesn't, doesn't look that big, does he? So if he's leading the line on his own, I don't know if that might be a problem, but I don't think I could play his. Pookie and direct. Pookie for Norwich under Farker was never a big talisman, was yeah. he? But a brilliant goal scorer. So it depends on how we play, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So that's good. Fingers crossed on that. Yeah. Seems like we need a keeper. Oh uh, yeah. That'll be the that'll be eleventh man you forgot. Oh, I've got to I've got to defend Relier after my after I outed him as a that greedy get by eating <laughs> eating a load of betties before a match. Cool. Uh, my, my mate George said that uh, there's some, such a thing as a, a dirty, dirty, dirty loading or something when you when you're training and trying to bulk yourself up. Such a big, thin, scrawny guy. So maybe he was doing that, and it was all part of the club's plan. But, so sorry, Elan. Chocolate eclairs. It was a chocolate eclair, wasn't it? From memory, I've heard uh, they, yeah. they go they go straight to your wrists. 
make him <laughs> make him make him less crisp packety. Oh dear. But yeah. Anyway, Carl Darlow, get him in, and uh, that'll be fine. Carl Darlow, <laughs> rumored rumored keeper, and Nat Nat Phillips. Nat, have I got this right? Yeah, <laughs> Nat Phillips. He's he's yeah. My brother's a Liverpool fan, and he likes him. He he thinks he'll do a decent job for us if he comes. Uh, in. If he comes in, yes, that will be. I think that'll be good. I think he's the type of player we need. I think we do need a leader and a yeah, just some fresh blood at the back. Seems like Boba is going to be staying, it doesn't it? That's that's the general consensus. Yeah, and I think we won't leave it on a pessimistic note about about goings, but I think there are just a few things that it feels like a few of them will stay, but it does also feel like some of them are going to have to go because the revenue needs to come in to kind of fund you know, what's happening with our transfers and, and like we said before, the loss of earnings of dropping out of the Premier League. So, yeah, Wober feels like one of those where is there going to be a lot of interest elsewhere? I don't know. Is he is it worth him trying to stay here and build his career, get back into the Premier League? And similar to what we've said about Ampadu, you know, it's, there's, there's a good opportunity there in it for him. So we'll just have to yeah. see, I guess. He probably doesn't have a, a loan release clause either coming in January. I can't believe they'd have, they'd have put that in. At that no. point, you never quite know, but I bet he doesn't. So, yeah, that's probably why I stay. Bloody Victor, or right? Anything uh, else yeah. we need to cover? No, no. I think you're free to go. Thank you. I, had, I did actually see, actually, just, well, whilst we were talking, I've been flicking through Twitter, which is a terrible habit of mine. Sorry. But there is a quote from Radrizani about Bielsa. And he said, he actually said, you should change me or you should change all the players because we can't do better than that unless we make changes. This was at the point of finishing ninth in the Premier League. What do you make of that? I, I struggle to believe anything he says, quite frankly. I, I don't think Bielsa would have said that. I think maybe there's some truth in it. Doesn't sound like something Bielsa would say in the slightest to me. A couple of months earlier, he was saying he wants to stay at least for the rest of his life. You know, he loved the players. He always said in in January, he said that he has the resources that he needs and he should be doing better. And I know he's probably just res- like protecting the club in a way, but nah, I, I honestly think that Bielsa thought he had enough at the start of that season. And of course, in January, when we had the injuries, he needed help and didn't get it. But yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't buy it. Do you? What do you think? I don't care anymore. Like I read it, I read it because I see Bielsa's face and I think, oh, what's been said now? And then I see that it's someone quoting him and I just think, yeah, I don't really care to sort of taint that history, whether it's right or wrong. I don't know. I want to look at it through rose tinted glasses that I have. Remember the good and sort of forget a lot of the bad. Um, yeah. But overall, the memories were amazing and, and that, that's how I want it to be. Nice. Why don't I plug my new book? Oh, Marcelo Bielsa versus the Premier League. It's coming out in two and a half weeks, the day after the Cardiff game. Bloody hell. You'll you'll see Rocco outside Ellen Road selling it. Maybe you should. You yeah. get mo- moved on by the police. By Parag. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Where's that going to be available, Rocco? We need to put some links on our website. So actually, by in a, keep checking back on our website. We'll put some links to it so you can get it from local shops or Amazon, wherever you prefer. And also, we need to give out some prizes for the fantasy football winner. Don't forget that, James. Yeah, we do. I was struggling to log in, which which is so Tim Pot. 
And I wanted to check that the winner's team didn't have any Man United players because that was a rule that was stipulated. If it has, then you've lost, mate. Sorry. What else was I going to say? Anything? No, nothing. Nothing at all. I think we're done, aren't we? Yeah. We're, we're, ne- we're nearly there. We've got a few friendlies coming up as well. There's one next week. There's one this yeah. weekend. I think we had a bit of a break, didn't we? I don't think we've got one this weekend. When did we play? It was last Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah, we probably do have one this weekend. We've got Forest. Yeah. Ah, Forest. Monaco? No idea. This is what Are I mean. Playing Forest. This is what I mean. You can't put too much emphasis on these these friendlies. We are playing Forest, yeah. We're yeah. trying to get get the fixtures up. This Giant is, killing. This is brilliant and same the Dennis Derby. So we are playing oh sorry. So Monaco on Saturday, next Thursday against Forest, and then Sunday the thirtieth against Hearts. And then we're into squeaky bum time. Cardiff City at home. Sixth of yeah. August. Jeez, that's not long away, is it? When's our 200th episode? It's got to be soon, hasn't it? And uh, we, we, Rocco and I have been talking about this, and we, we do want to do something special this season. And uh, hopefully, come the 200th episode, we'll be able to talk about what that looks like. I'm essentially buying us time because we haven't asked you to talk about it yet. <laughs> but by the 200th episode, there we go. It's, in the, it's out there in the universe now, so we need to sort it. Nice. Right, that's it from us. And we'll be back very soon. As we said before, now that news is starting to flow and we are getting closer to the season, these will become much more frequent and we will put a bit of a schedule together which works around kind of midweek fixtures and weekend fixtures uh, without it feeling like it's out of date immediately. So that's something for us to, to some conundrum for us to solve. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening and we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Network.